water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back to Bending the Elements, an Avatar podcast. This is, I guess we're covering all the way up to chapter five now, book three. We're moving through this uh, relatively quickly as well. That is correct. Yes, but here we are discussing the beach. And how are you doing today, Isaac? I am doing well, Caleb. How are you doing currently at the moment? Oh, I'm taking in the sun. You know, I'm enjoying the sand of this summery, uh, summery time. This perfect time to, to go to the beach right about this time of year. Well, I mean, if you're in the like southern hemisphere or closer to the equator, that is correct. For us, actually, it's it's getting pretty close. I was at the beach uh, last Saturday, not this past Saturday when it was uh, very cloudy, but I was at the beach uh, last Saturday, and it was uh, pretty good. Yeah, and I was out on the I was out on the golf course today. It was nice and sunny, and I was hitting the beach last week, uh, not to go for a swim, just to walk along it. But uh, I saw two seals, by the way, in uh, beautiful British Columbia. If the <laughs> To just like rub it into everybody who's not here today, do you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize on my beha- on his behalf for we we don't wish to brag about where we live. That's kind of in- is incorrect of us. No, you know everyone's place has its own unique beauties. You know, you know that's that's true. Uh, for me, even though there's like this show has like a countdown towards like the Selson's Comet for me, countdown to when allergies hit me. Oh, but speaking of a countdown, I guess we should jump into uh, this episode here. This one, uh, did you see you wrote and directed this one? This was written by one uh, Katie Matala, Katie Matilla, excuse me. Uh, and it was directed by one Joaquim Dos Santos. And it was uh, animation services were provided by DR Movie. DR Movie. And here's today's sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But if you'd like to read us the, the summary here, we'll, we'll jump into this episode. I shall, ladies and gentlemen, those between the summary. Important business has arrived in the Fire Nation Empire, and to get his pair of troublemaking kids out of the way, Fire Lord Ozai sends Zuko and the Azula attack squad on a fun and forced vacation to the Umber Islands. Zuko and Mai try to not hate the vacation, but signs of cracks in their relationship start to show as they take in the sun. Azula finds herself feeling jealous at the constant male attention drifting towards Tai Lee, robbing her of her usual stature as she chooses to keep their identities a secret while on the trips. But when two boys invite Tai Lee and Mai to the party, Azula demands Zuko and her follow them in attendance. At the party, tensions flared between Zuko and Mei, leading to a flame out for their relationship. Azula tries and fails to attract some male attention on her own, despite Tai Lee giving her some pointers. While on the other side of the plot, Aang foolishly gets himself detected by a pair of Fire Nation troopers. They send off a hawk to relay this message to their superiors, but before it can reach them, it's intercepted by the bounty hunter Zuko sent off to find Aang. This message leads him to the boomerangs, a chase ensues, and eventually a battle with Aang. They manage to escape, but 
Tara realizes that this belt might not have been a random occurrence. And later, as the four of them sit around a fire, their personal differences explode into volatile results. They share the different paths they've walked to lead to their issues, and eventually Zuko is forced to confront that the true cause of his turmoil comes from himself and his past actions. And with this release, Mai comes back to his side. And to soak in this newfound peace of mind, they return to the party to wreak some havoc. And that's how we conclude the beach. And thank you for that reading there. And yeah, I guess if, we'll, if we can all get to timestamp zero, let play in, in three, two, one, play. So what do you want to do with beach, sir? Uh, anything but swim. I'll, I'll walk along it. I'll go by a pier if there's a pier around. But yeah, I don't really like... Uh, getting wet sand all over me i find that very unpleasant do you want to say it or, or just like leave it uh, out in the open i'll uh, say what I'm, I'm confused you just said you just said something about sand oh oh yeah yeah it's coarse it no, 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 no 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 we're not no we're not doing that no we're not doing that uh we're, we're gonna avoid it that's too easy so you wouldn't even like go in the water even if it was like hawaii or in mexico right uh, no, I've I've gone in the ocean like, once or twice in Mexico, but for the most part, I, I try to avoid it. Yeah, I just hate that sand. It's not worth the trade-off for me. But speaking of a trade-off, uh, apparently the, the poor uh, prince and princess of the Fire Nation, they're being traded off because Lord Ozai doesn't want them around. I guess he thinks that they're irritating or would get in the way of his, his business. I'm not quite sure. The premise of this episode from the start here just seems a little bit odd to me. <laughs> Well, I guess it is. It, he has the, the the Fire Lord is meeting with uh, some of his admirals and other like generals of his army, and I suppose he wants no distractions. And up until this point, we haven't really seen what the day to day life and what like the routine that Azula and Zuko uh, what their duties are in the Fire Nation capital yeah. uh, as prince and princess. So. I guess maybe like the noodle incident was that Azula did something like she tried to get her dad to, or she was trying to help her dad with something and like just, you know, something like it was like father's day and she was going to like bake him a breakfast, a really hearty meal. Um, but it didn't work out because then Zuko being, you know, the goofball he is, he, he accidentally like, you know, spilt it uh all over his dad and he was just like that's it i'm sending you the umbrum island or the, the umber island <laughs> yeah and i will say getting a look even though this is a dr movie i i think that the island itself looks looks quite nice i would like to visit there i like the uh the designs for the houses and it doesn't look super beachy at least from the the first angle that we get as they're approaching the the dock but it still looks like a pretty cool place to, to visit wait docks here wow you, you moved up the food chain i guess quickly yeah he's here yeah after the town was recovered he was like well you know maybe i can strike gold somewhere else another kind of broken down place so he came here yeah i can't tell if like the beat like some of these beach houses are like based off of i'm getting my architecture and culture correct is either malaysian or it's like polynesian uh based designs hmm. yeah just gonna let that throw out there and get crucified by it later anyways yeah i got no clue but switching gears, we uh, they arrive at the dock, and who's there to greet them but our our pair of, of creepy twin ladies. I feel like we haven't actually seen too much of them uh, since they've been introduced at the, the start of book two. I yes. feel like they haven't really played much of a role. Uh, you know, I feel like the creators wanted to do more with them, 
but there's just a lot of like that had to be put on the cutting room floor and uh some of their interactions and appearances probably were cut for time and devoted to something else <laughs> it By definitely makes me wonder what the uh i know what you're about to say but it definitely makes me wonder how long the uh the next series after core is gonna be like like time wise excuse me Oh, uh, speaking of uh, of appearances, I- I'm paused at 208, and boy, do they look like a pair of gremlins or something. Like, <laughs> this animation, they- they've looked pretty different, you know, a-, a couple different iterations, but this one in particular, this image, it's just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, the first time we met them in book two, episode one, uh, when they're training Azula over, you know, lightning bending. They seem kind of menacing. Menacing, excuse me. They were her version of uh, Uncle Iroh, and that's what you. I wonder if the creators were intentionally trying to do that to evoke like, oh, Zulu's got her whole like crew here. It's much better than Zuko's. It's a different taste, and they went in a different direction with the attack squad. So it's mm-hmm. like, can, can these two even firebend? That's a that's a good question. I I feel like we've seen it, but now that I'm. I can't think of an example. Yeah, maybe not. There's a, I think there's a, like, not fan, I think it's a debate within the fandom, and maybe I'm wrong with this, but they're, where everybody's like, can they firebend? And are they, are they retired and living in this place, or have they also been sent ahead to, like, prepare it for the youngsters? Because they look like they're all relaxed and. No, I assume this is their pad. This is their beach house. Hmm. Yeah, so maybe maybe the during season or I guess book two, maybe they retired. They're like, we've put our work in. Azula's, you know, she's self sufficient now. We're just gonna go retire to our little beach home in Florida. And so here they are. Yes, and here they once were at two o or o two twenty eight. Yeah, they got there. They're bent with their their butts together there in a little uh, maybe a dance routine or something. It's a pose. I mean, maybe they were posing for the non-existent camera slash painter who painted them like this. Yeah, and and Ty Lee's wondering, oh, who are these beautiful ladies? And and just to make sure, just to to set in that, oh, this was us. They they recreate that pose right in front of the image to uh, much to the not delight of of their guests. Oh, two thirty-two for all those wondering. <laughs> yes. But then we get to a, some a chance to see these these folks kind of soaking in the the setting. They're they're getting ready for a vacation. This is always a a nice time. The first day, getting comfortable there. That's a it's a fun time. Yeah, yeah. You get to the you get to the beach house. You you just like oh new environment. You explore. You get your like body settled in. You get your senses like attuned to the area. Um, yeah. So always an interesting time. Plenty of people probably have experiences like that, whether it's like on the beach or camping. Uh, in the interior, anyway. Uh, case in point, <laughs> I also I also need to mention, sorry, that um, at the previous with with those two ladies, like with um with our our elderly buds, like the younger they were, or their younger painting of the or the painting of them when they were younger, I couldn't help but notice how at least coming back to the series, how much the uh, the two of them, at least the way the faces were drawn, they why they look like, and I'm being this correct. It looked like May, you know, my, my, uh, of, um, wait, no, is it my or May? Dang it. Uh, but May from Cowboy Bebop. Literally, even with, like, the way they're dressed, because May dresses like that. Uh, minus the scarf that she wears. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, continue on. Oh, yes, but, uh, they, they're helping the kids settle in, and, 
you know, they, they kind of come over and they're like, hey, we know that you guys have been forced to, to come here. We know that you're not pleased about this vacation, but try to keep an open mind. This this Ember Islands, this is a magical place. And, you know, maybe maybe this can give you like a fresh start that you need kind of thing. So that that's that's nice. You know, I, I don't know if these kids are quite ready to take it at this this moment, but it's a nice message. Creepily delivered when they say things at the same time. But when they say magical place, that means spirits. Uh, I don't get the sense spirits okay. now. Fair enough. But speaking of uh, saying and doing things at the same time, they say, "Okay, it's time to head down to the beach," and they do a little little dance as they uh, they strip right in front of the youngsters, and they're once again met with some disgust, so, some ageism going on here. <laughs> the way this place does it, kind of like is a fresh start. It, it, it you know it can yeah as the beach would do to a rock uh, over the course of uh, weathering, erosion, and deposition. It will create a, it will smooth the rock out over uh, much time. Hmm. Of course, we only have 24 minutes, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how long this actually takes. <laughs> well, we all know this show likes to speed things up. But speaking of speeding things up, we'll switch gears over to our boomerang, tri- uh, I guess not trio. Boomerangs. Boomerangs, that's easier, yes. <laughs> Quartet? Well, no, because there's six of them. Yeah. But they're all taken in a, a Katara looks like she's taking a little bit of a bath and Aang is taken in a swim. And for some reason, Toph is is noticing and is aware that Aang is not keeping himself covered up like he usually does. I was I was a little bit surprised that she was the one to get that little bit of expository dialogue there. I am so glad that you pointed like not pointed out. I'm, I'm happy you picked up on that, because even when I watched this again, I was like, wait, she says like, Aang, really, should you should you really be exposing yourself? I'm like, wait. Yeah, it seemed a bit odd. <laughs> like, can do we now have the equivalent of seismic sense for waterbenders in the way of sonar? <laughs> Meaning that she can, like, use her seismic sense while in the water? Anyway. I was thinking that maybe she was just listening to him strip, and she was like, wait a minute, he's taking off everything, not just, you know, what we usually takes off. Well, I mean, maybe... Uh, seismic sensing him taking off his clothes when he's on ground. Yeah, but maybe you'd think that she wouldn't hear the hat in that way. His usual, his usual uh, little headband that he has. Oh, so that one. She's probably just. Uh... Yeah, I mean, again, I, I feel like if again he took it off, she could hear the like she could see or like hear the or feel sorry the vibrations of uh, his body uh, taking it off. Yeah, it could be. Maybe maybe we're overthinking it. Maybe we're just supposed to. You know, just ignore it. But <laughs> overthinking us in this show in this economy, never. Yeah, but speaking of someone who doesn't overthink, we have yeah, stupid Ang Ang being a big dumb butt again. Hey man, what are you talking about? He's doing his old Baloo routine from the Jungle Book. He's just you know he's going he's he's, he's relaxing down the uh, down, down the stream in this like little crater yeah. lake or whatever you want to call it, and uh, see something that any kid would love to do, and that is he sees uh, a tunnel. And it's basically a water slide. Yeah, and he really takes that that bear necessities message in with his uh, his attire at the moment. But his bear uh, his bear choices lead to some bad results as he happens to fall into this big little pool here or a spring, right where two Fire Nation troopers happen to be hanging out patrolling. And because he's not covered up like he usually should be, they're like, "Wait a minute! Isn't that the Avatar? He's supposed to be dead." We better get this info right to the Fire Lord. So yeah, there you go. That's should have listened to Toph and her 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 newfound sight. Oof. 
Yeah, I should have listened to his teacher. Uh, hey, it's hockey at 0408. Oh, yes. Yep. Hockey. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, makes a return. Yeah. Compared <laughs> together with the Pineapple Express boys. Interesting. You know, what I wish would have happened, though, is that Aang, he's like, he's going down the like little tube, right? He's going down the little the tunnel in the water yep. slide, right? I was really hoping that he'd end up in that um that that, that pirate's cove where, where the uh, pirate ship was in the Goonies. Oh, oh yeah, oh that's cool. That's still the stuff in the Goonies I love. I don't love that movie as much anymore, but that stuff's still so cool. Come on, any anything when it involves like the treasure stuff, like and the, and the pirate all that stuff. That's the that's the good stuff. That's why everybody goes back to that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, but what what do you think they meant by uh, black ribbon message? Do you think that signals that it's the Avatar? Because they're like, oh, wow, a black ribbon message. This is so exciting. Oh, I didn't see that in the subtitles. Yeah, right as they're, they're right as it's flying away is when they when they say it. 413. I potentially think that it's a scenario as if like the Fire Nation has uh, or the Fire Lord and his army have like they have certain call signs or certain plans and mm-hmm. codes if the avatar is alive that's a code for something potentially yeah because i was thinking if that is the case that's a maybe a dangerous system because as we see i mean i'm sure this this uh, bounty hunter isn't intercepting every message they send so i just kind of wonder if maybe he went after in particular because it was the black one but i don't know because <laughs> that would mean that when combustion man is having his hawk or his like his eagle like or vulture excuse me uh attack does that mean his eagle is attacking every single like messenger hawk exactly that's what i was thinking i was like was there something that attracted him to that in particular hawk yeah because like zuko doesn't know where ang is right i mean he should have obviously hired june because she's got that sheer shoe who can track anybody from a continent away but yeah, maybe we'll address more of that as we, we get to the interception there. First, we have to code over to the next Super Deformed Shorts. This is uh, the beach episode as we see our, our, I guess, our quartet this time. It's a quartet. Yeah, as they're coming to enjoy the sun. Azula attack squad with plus, plus Zuko. Yeah, featuring Zuko. Yeah, Featuring Zuko. There, there, there we go. Yeah, and this really was making me think of those shorts. I mean, this is just kind of a collage of them trying to interact with the normal world and it's to comedic results because they're not normal <laughs> yeah that's true but hey man we're at the beach so you know what that means you got to get your sunscreen on unless you're like me who doesn't believe in sunscreen uh and you get you're gonna have your sur- get your surfboards ready and whatnot you gotta remember uh, to chalk them up man you gotta chalk them up and chalk your stomach up as well if you're going like shirtless because man alive let me tell you something as a person who just learned how to surf last year you gotta, you gotta make sure that like board is chaffed or is is chaff proof, right? You gotta chalk it so down so it's like smooth. Hey, I got, I gotta push on this. You saying you, you don't use sunscreen? I don't use sunscreen. So I don't believe in it at all. Don't worry, I'm not like some insider or anything like that with a tinfoil hat in my head. It's just like, uh, it's it's for me. I'm lazy. I don't. Uh, it takes too long to apply, even though it actually doesn't. And I'm just like, now nah, it's just like you know, uh, let, let me burn and let me die by way of skin cancer. Yeah, exactly. Skin cancer. That's what I was saying. I was like, ooh. Everybody's got to go out somehow, and I'm going to die of skin cancer. So I've, I've pretty much accepted it. Well, that's fair. I guess that's fair, yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess we don't see our, our group here putting on sunscreen. I don't know if they have it in this uh, this world, but 
Well, there's that question of whether or not like Fire Nation automatically has like a a buff or like a a, a small resistance to the sun, given that like the well, actually, do they worship the sun? I, don't, I have no idea. Yeah, speaking of worship, we do see that is that Ty Lee is uh, you know she she's looking pretty pretty fine to all the men on the beach here as uh, <laughs> oh jeez what the heck as all these these young men are, are all coming oh, over gross. to her and harassing what her. Heck? Oh, what's going on? No, I just got a, I got a nosebleed all of a sudden. Oh, 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 sure. I'll pause. Ah, it. Jeez, no, no, you don't have to pause. It's just like it's so weird. I don't know. I don't know why that is. Yeah, that's horrible. Oh, hey, Robin, as he greets himself to Tylee, I guess, and it's like, wait, are you incapable of? Ah, dang, dude, I keep getting this note. Like, what? Hey, we can take a recess. It's not <laughs> even that, dude. It's like the fact that every time I see Tylee on screen, I'm just getting this like. My nose starts leaking. I don't know why. Oh, 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 is this is this a bit? I don't know. I'm getting confused now. Okay, well, it's sort of stopped now that we got Zuko and uh, May, um, you know, being under the umbrella. Um, this is weird, but I, I think this is intentional. I get the feeling that Dante Bosco is voicing Zuko in a way where he's very uncomfortable. Like... There's a lot of uncomfortability in his voice, and I like that. I think that's intentional. It almost seems like he's he doesn't want to be here, and not that Dante Bosco doesn't want to be here, but like Zuko himself. So I want to give props to Dante Bosco on that. I think that's like really good acting uh, for as like a teenager, for Pitt's sake, Zuko being a teenager, uh, to not uh, want wanting to be here because he's just trying everything, like throwing seashells at May. My excuse, yeah, May. And uh, complimenting her, bringing her ice cream cones, and then it like obviously falls on her. It's like, geez. Also, speaking of which, if anybody should be applying sunscreen, it's me. Oh yeah, she's as pale as can be. Man, I can't tell like what like where the sun's coming from, the sky or May herself. Because jeez, okay. she could like reflect. She's like a she's uh, she's like a mirror that can like reflect the sun's rays in like a lethal way. And speaking of uh, just G's of, I can't believe the reaction. Zuko does have some rage issues in this one. Oh no! I mean, he's going off. I mean, he he does not seem like a very good partner. She doesn't either. But he's like, oh, you don't like this gift I got? Oh, screw this gift then! Just throws it across the room. <laughs> oh come on, May. Why? Oh, oh May. Why? Come on, please. Just I'm trying. I'm trying here. I hate being here. Oh, yeah, he just keeps doing that and whatnot. So. Interesting. So Yazuko is like pouting. He throws the shell away, right? And all of a sudden, it like lands on some Yahoo, and the Yahoo immediately sees Tylee. I start getting a nosebleed again for some reason. Okay, you gotta, what is this nosebleed bit? I'm, I'm confused here. She's like, he, he's like, oh, I have an in. He, he's got an in. He's got, he's got an in to get like, you know, say, say hello to this lady. Uh, also, like how Robin is her umbrella. Which I mean, hey, the guy's getting a back tan, I guess. It's yeah. You know, if you want to get a you know good body tan, you gotta like you know get everywhere. Um, jeez, gonna have to get some tissue or something. Anyways, I don't, I don't know what's going on anymore. And he, <laughs> all right, go to o five twenty eight if you're anywhere near there. <laughs> Is it when the the guy who comes over with the shell? He's like got one eye looking down, one eye looking up. He got. Guile's hair, but like smaller than that. <laughs> I love Robin's face, by the way. His mouth is so oversized, and my nose—is that the character's name, Robin, or is was a voice actor someone? The voice is the voice is Scott Melvin, who voices uh, Robin in, of Teen Titans fame. Oh, so okay. That's why, I always, that's why I always call him 
uh, Robin, but it, even though it's not, it's not his claim to fame. Well, it, it is for me, but anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, I, I got, I can't throw this guy in the bus. Maybe it is. I, I actually genuinely can't tell whether this is like a like off frame. They intentionally like if they, well, yeah, it's off. If like they intentionally, the animators intentionally made him look like you know he had like a lazy eye. Or, you know, something is wrong with his eye. Uh, or if it, like, literally is, like, just an animation error. But even then, in this case, the animation error could still work because it would just be like, oh, this guy just has a lazy eye. But hopefully it's not implying that he's of lower intelligence, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah, that old trope. <laughs> I, I don't think he is because, I mean, he's at least... I mean, he's complimenting Tylee. I hope he's not, like, pushing or anything like that. But still, I mean, he could have just came over and been like... Hey, and then like touched her inappropriately. It's like, well, oh, give him that for the Oh no. It's hopefully not. <laughs> but yeah, they're fawning all over her. Yeah, and Azula decides I've had enough of this this stuff and nonsense, and she goes, Okay, let's uh, let's all come together as a group and let's 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 take in some local uh, volleyball. Let's let's have some fun here. Uh but of course because of Azula, she's not really used to just regular recreational fun and she turns into Let's absolutely destroy this other team and and see them in just complete ruin. And so yeah, it, it's we see some some skill as a as a unit with Azula attack squad featuring Zuko. They seem like a pretty good team, but it's yeah, kind of ruins the point of the game. I think she takes it a little too seriously, eh? Yeah, which is definitely the Azula plot for this episode. <laughs> I love it. Uh, oh, that literally like six minutes, like zero six zero zero. Uh, Zuko like unrobes, and I mean, does he? He looks toned, but like, does he look not muscular? Uh nah, no, not. I I think more toned. Yeah, but I think that was a cool shot with all the birds. Uh, yeah, and then also, of course, like there's a John Woo moment there where all the, like the doves like go out behind him. Yeah, I think that was pretty fun. Yeah. And then the girls like woo over him. So hey, at least at least we got something for the ladies. Hopefully they. they I mean, there's also a lot of, like shirtless guys and sorry other guys. Apologies, and, you know, guys want to see some guys shirtless as well. Pardon me. And those in between and affiliate. But anyways. Yeah, and even though they kind of embarrass themselves by just completely destroying the game, and apparently the the volleyball and the volleyball net itself look like they're both destroyed by the time they're done. Even though they they've caused a little bit of a scene. Tylee is just way too attractive to be ignored by these uh, these popular guys. And so they come over. They're like, hey, you know, you and your friend that may over there. Why, why don't you guys come to this party that we got? Uh, your other friends, uh, just leave them at home. Leave them at home. But Azula gets, you know, reasonably offended by by that being ignored. And so she just inserts herself in there. <laughs> Jeez. We have to clean this up later on. This is a strange bit. I don't know where this is coming from, but I I told you, man. Like the fact that we see Tylee in the state that's you know you're not her usual self and whatnot. My nose reacts in in nosebleeds. Ah uh, well, well, well. Take take it away. Take, take it wherever you're wherever you're gonna take it from there. Um, have you ever seen like this kind of uh, volleyball? By the way, uh, with like four people or not four people? Sorry, but with the the feet, the use of the feet. Excuse me. Oh, um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I believe it's, I've seen it on the internet somewhere. I think it's like, cause back in high school, I remember, uh, you had, you have those, like, uh, those, 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 um, gates that, you know, would close so that cars can't come through the big metal ones. 
um, that you would like, that's, it's on one hook and then you would like, you know, bring it over. Right. And there were some buds or there were some, uh, classmates of mine back in the day who used to always, uh, like, I think either four or six of them would be on like each side and they would just do that. That's like a kicking, like kicking soccer almost, or sorry, kicking volleyball or football, volleyball. I, I don't know what I'd call it, but even still, it's like, I, I think some like people in Thailand do it as well, but are also like just any place. It's like, yeah, I kind of like to try. It's like a weird, not weird. It's like a more intense version of like bocce ball. Yeah. It does look like an interesting game. Yeah. It's some more, uh, maybe some more intensity to it. I don't know. Yeah, even though there's Zuko was using his hands, which is like, wait, what? Wait, no, is it hands or no, Zula used her hands. So I'm like, wait, so is it like a weird version of Muay Thai volleyball? Like what's, what's going on here? Sorry, it's just, uh, just for some reason, yeah, Zula just gets all like, you're right, it's like, <laughs> he like thinks that she beat their her opponents in like Agni Kai or what she was probably going to say when she killed Aang, but I guess we, we didn't see her say this, so this is what everybody wanted for her to like, <laughs> this is when kill Aang. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so Azula, she inserts herself with these these two guys here and they're like, you know. Don't you know who we are? We're Chan and Rohu Jian. I probably butched that completely. I'm sorry. <laughs> and and oh, they you know they're one of their dads, a big general. So these are these are Admiral. the popular guys around here, Admiral. Yeah. So I, I just love how Zuko in the background, as soon as he's just like, "Do you not know who we are? I don't know who you guys are." And Zuko's just like, Ugh. "Yeah, Zuko's definitely the big uh, the big gruff downer in this one. The big oh, you don't know who I am. Well, I'm gonna beat you up then. I'm gonna, oh." I threw. I was at sea for three. Y'all. No. Anyway. Yeah. I just, I just go. Go pout in the corner there, Zuko. It's fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he has that more sour or more sad voice. I think he has the more. You don't know who I am. I'm gonna beat the heck out of you. Yeah, he's he's got that really aggressive side to him in this one, which again does not make for a very pleasant uh, companion for me. I can understand why their relationship uh, has some struggles in this one, but. Taking things down a notch, you know, moving away from that more heated, uh, you know, beach exchange. We see a nice little dinner here with the, the two old ladies, two old grandmas. And they're all kind of hanging out there. I think that's a nice little moment. And I like Azula being like, oh, it's kind of strange not having um, people just like bending down at their their knees for me and treating me like royalty. And so she kind of likes the feeling of not having to, to worry about that stuff and wants to see if she can take that to the party and how it'll come across there. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I agree. And I like what the, uh, the, the, the elders also kind of kind of reinforce of how like Umber Island is a place that, you know, with the waves washing away, like, and, and pounding at this rock to make it smooth, it'll basically refine, it'll break it down, boil it and, and put it down to its like essence and, and reveal the true person. Yeah. So I wonder if that's uh that's a point to put in later, like a little setup for for something later. Maybe we'll we'll have to see. And... Yeah, we have to. Uh, you return to our little hawk. He's heading off to the, the Fire Nation capital. You know, spread his information, but soaring in the skies above him, it's uh, what's that one from Avatar? <laughs> from Avatar, uh, the James Cameron. Oh, oh yeah, um, <laughs> Torok Makto. Is that it? Makto, I believe. I think it's Toro Makto, I believe. Either way, uh, we have this this spooky looking old old eagle 
soaring through. Either a condor or a vulture. I don't know. You're the bird guy of the channel, so you would know your aviary species and and nomenclatures. Yeah, I think it looks more like an eagle with the wings and the uh, the yellow beak. And but either way, it's some sort of chimeric type. Actually, turkey. I th- I think it might like the beak and the and the neck almost might be a turkey. Oh, it looks so small, but maybe it's just small on this this giant uh, combustion man's arm. I mean, potentially, but um, <laughs> obviously, if this were E for ten for ages ten and up, um, we definitely know what would happen if that turkey eagle would have got its like talons into the other into hockey or not hockey. Oh yeah, yeah, I would have seen some brutality. Oh, and also, I forgot Torquemotau was was the last shadow for that's that was the nickname I gave. There you go, last shadow, exactly. Yeah, and speaking of the last shadow, as we see uh, this combustion man, this this bounty hunter reading the reading for the... unknown unknown bounty hunter, we don't know his name. Yeah, reading through the the message there, and then he you know burns it burns it away to ash, so no one will ever see it again. Yeah, so basically nobody other than like the two, I guess surveyors or scouts. They were like the Pineapple Express scouts. They were the only ones that basically know of the avatars. Well, okay, I guess. Uncle Iroh, Zuko, uh, Combustion Man, um, uh, Palandau, and his butler, I guess. That's so five. And then the two Pineapple Express boys, and then this bounty hunter. Were the, were the actors in Pineapple Express? or No, like the two... No, I'm saying the, the scout guys. Those, those scouts that found Aang. They're, they're, they're literally like two guys that were on the set of Pineapple Express. Like, don't tell me that they weren't from Pineapple Express. Oh, you mean just the character designs, not the actors? Well, just the characters themselves, yeah, are probably from Pineapple <laughs> Express. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting lost today. I'm getting lost in these 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 references and jokes, but <laughs> I wonder how the this this bounty hunter, this this non Boba Fett character, Bubba Fett, excuse me. I wonder how he like um, burns <laughs> Boba the, <Fett>. the <laughs> I wonder how he burns the yeah, the, that page there, and I guess he just used his hand. Never mind. Yeah, if we if we would have cut to a different angle, we would have seen that he was holding a match. Yeah, that's that was going on. I there. mean, I assume he's a firebender, but maybe not. Who, who knows? <laughs> unless the, unless he's got like a, a built-in lighter in that hand of his, or a glove. <laughs> sorry, this this weird glove. But uh, yeah, and I guess we're we're arriving at the party. As um, what's their names again? Oh. um... I should know this, but I actually don't remember the old ladies' names. Oh yeah, L- Lin and Lao. No. See, I wanted to say Lo and Lin, but like that sounds too easy. That might be it. That might be it. I'll look it up. Twin old ladies avatar. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to like the other old like twin ladies. L- uh, Lo and Lee. Lo and Lee. Okay. So as Lonely said to the party after they did like some weird like you know snap crackles and pops. <laughs> In other words, just them walking. <laughs> oh, them, them standing up. <laughs> some ageism. Oh man! All the kids in the audience will like it. All the elderly folks in the audience, we apologize. I mean, we know that you guys like Avatar too. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'll I'll be darning myself exactly uh, in 60 years unless i die of skin unless i die of skin cancer uh but we we see a door knocker a a knocking door occurs and we enter the party now hang on does that door knocker look familiar or am i is it just me uh it's got the the 
the little piece up in the middle where the little eye spot, the same as our bounty hunter, potentially it's a relative of his. <laughs> Fair enough. I was more thinking, is it like the knockers from the last episode? In P. Landau's estate, uh, he had the lion turtle knockers. Oh. So I was like, does that look like a lion turtle to you? And probably not. Oh, that's interesting. Well, no, def I wouldn't. Well, now that you say it. I probably not. I'm just going to go with a no. Yeah, but. But speaking of uh, someone who doesn't look like a lion turtle, here we see, I don't know if this one's Chan or, actually now I'm forgetting their names too. <laughs> There's Chan and then um, Jian, I believe is the other guy's name. He has the first He has the first part of his name, but I forgot the first part. Yeah, and uh, uh, he seems rather bothered, even though Azula is putting on a pretty friendly, especially for her, a pretty friendly uh, greeting as she arrives here. But he he's not too happy to see them early, so... Immediately starting off on the wrong foot, unfortunately. Yeah, plenty of feet, just because, you know, it's, it's just like starts from dusk and we're going till dawn. And Azula, it's like, you got to be there on time or else. Yeah, very punctual. Yeah. Yeah. No, 10 minutes early or else and that's that, that's on time. Yeah. But he's just like, man, it's an expression. Like, Don't take it so seriously. Golly, brah. Yeah, and just like any high school movie, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm throwing this party. But, you know, my dad doesn't know, so. So don't mess anything up. You know, I'd be in, I'd be grounded for weeks if he uh, if he found out. So, yeah, and another one that's playing the typical high school routine, just like the headband. Well, yeah, I guess that's yeah, grade eight. Yeah, I guess that's the age of the, these characters now. Yeah. Yeah, but these guys are a bit older. Like if Ang's thirteen, that would put him in, or fourteen, that put him in grade eight or nine. And then if these guys are supposed to be fifteen and sixteen. Or 14 and 15, that's like grade 10, 11. Yeah, the perfect age to be uh, uh, throwing parties that your parents don't know about that you're worried about being grounded for. Do you ever throw parties at your place? Uh, no. I mean, I definitely had uh, friends over and uh, rowdy times. That's different. We're not that. Yeah, no, we're talking like you get a bunch, like your buddy's buddies, your cousins, your cousin's buddies, your, bu your buddy's cousin, your buddy's cousin's buddy you know all, all those buddy guys and, and everybody no and then you know like total randos just show up yeah that's never my scene house parties are just yeah went to one went to one at the end of grade 12 yeah i've probably been to like two maybe three and yeah none of them were great experiences so quite boring i did absolutely nothing at that and i was like oh this is boring so i just like walked around and kept walking around sat down you know, talk to some people. I was like, this is it. That's it. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> no, I waited till my dad came <laughs> pick me up later. I was like, yeah, didn't, uh, I didn't enjoy it. Anyways, sorry. Back to the episode. <laughs> yeah. So we, we see that it's, you know, a bit, a little bit of time jump happens here. We don't see the awkward them just sitting around like, Oh, so your dad's an admiral. That, that kind of small talk. Instead, we cut to the party and Azula very, very quickly hones into, uh, I'm pretty sure this is the guy who's hosting the party, right? Uh, Chan, I think. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, and she's coming over. She's putting on more of a, a doe-eyed routine. She's looking all friendly. And she's trying to make small talk. You know, again, not really not really playing too well for her. But it is interesting seeing this, this different side of Azula, this more personable side. Yeah, you saw her earlier trying to, like, make small talk with, like, one of the guys. And it really once it really didn't have anything she tried and yeah kind of failed because he was just like eh, whatever yeah and this time it fails because she makes she tries to make an attempt at a, a joke a bit of humor and potentially like katara didn't have the funny bone of her brother 
uh, Sokka. Yeah, Azula definitely is not the funny bone uh, type here. She uh, she she uses some some young people lingo. Oh, your outfit is so sharp. It's so sharp that it could pierce the the hull of some sort of Fire Nation ship and leave thousands drowning at sea. And he's just yeah, he, he can tell you can tell he's uncomfortable. It's like, uh, uh, thanks. Yeah, and he can see in her eyes. He can see that evil glint in her eyes. So he's like, oh, I gotta let, let me just get away from here. Yeah, moving on. Go find someone else. <laughs> Even though there's nobody else. Um, and then they go uh, keep walking and we see that John is over there and he's or Jiang, excuse me, he's over there. And he's like, hey, Azula, how you doing? Or whatever. Kind of like gives a hair flip, the, the old Bieber hair flip um, at Tylee. Uh, May and and Zula and Zuko's just like oh look at this guy he thinks he's he, you know, he thinks he's so great oh man you see this you see this here May May what do you what do you think do you like him who who do you do huh yeah again I think it sounds more like you like that loser uh but maybe we're seeing two different people here I feel like we are and this is not me trying to imitate uh Dante Bosco and this is not his performance he's giving I think I get it I think he's giving a good performance this is just how. I'm interpreting what Zuko would say. <laughs> but I like, I like the bad boy routine with the haircut, by the way, too. That's uh, He's looking good with that hair. Zuko? Yeah. I mean, he's like 15, 14 years old. Dude literally looks like a, you know, kid with emotional problems. Oh, I noticed that you highlighted a certain yeah part of that there. Anyways... Um, and he's just like, oh my, you, you, you like, you like, oh, you like this guy, huh, huh, you really, you really like this guy, huh, 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 do you, do you, do you, and she's just like, dude, buzz off, like, what do you, what, like, like, what, whoa, like, what's these accusations you're putting on me? Oh, potentially that's some setup there, but, uh, before we get to that, we have to cut to a little bit of an uncomfortable moment here as we see Tej and Rome, and they're, you know, they're kind of picking on Ramsey. They're like, oh, you know, she's my girl. I saw her first, and her, name, her last name is going to be Parker, uh, not Romer. <laughs> yeah, then poor Ramsey's in the corner there. Yeah. So 1021, the uh, guy-looking guy with the what we thought was a, um, a lazy eye or whatever it was. Uh, no, it was... I think it's an animation error from before, but uh, again, maybe one that somebody for, forgot to check. I don't, I don't really know, but just, just pointed out here on that Kyle guy. But uh, my question is, which one's Rome and which one's Tej? <laughs> there, you, you, you pick any one of them and you can assign the roles. Well, we know the small guy's Robin with the, the one with the. I was gonna say hair bun, but they all have hair buns or whatever that thing's called. Yeah, and if anybody's missing our reference here. Uh, go watch Fate of the Furious or listen to our commentary on it in the next couple weeks. And you'll see because another treatment of a poor female character being hounded by a, by some annoying men. And warning for those who also hate uh, female mistreatment. Um, you're going to hear me act like Zuko in that one. Yes, and rightfully so. Yeah, and it's not from Ramsey, although at the same time it's creepy, but she puts up with the two of them some, somehow. Yeah, and you got to wish that that Ramsey had taken the tack that uh, Ty Lee takes here, because she's feeling crowded and kind of harassed by these men, and so she decides that she's going to make her quick exit in the typical fashion of the Azula attack squad, and she goes on the assault and and beats the crap out of them. Yep, by using her pressure point technique. Ouch. Yeah, which I like. I like that because it was uncomfortable seeing her just in that little corner there with all these guys like crowding her in. Oh, good news. Uh, my nosebleed has stopped. Miraculously. There you go. There. Yeah. 
you'd think that you would have gotten one when she punched the screen, but no, not not really. I mean, well, I mean, those guys might have. No, no you most like she's hitting like their circadian rhythms are hitting her hitting points in circadian rhythms. So like that's that's how she's knocking them out. Anyways, I assume paralysis. Um, but then she goes to check on her bud, uh, her the alpha male or the alpha female herself, uh, to see how she's doing. Yeah, and this this is actually a pretty sad little moment here for for poor Ty Lee. And she comes over like and, and immediately Azula's like, oh, I'm glad you're here. Some sarcasm. And then Tylee's like, oh, those guys are all are all over me. Like, I don't know. I guess maybe they just like me too much. And Azula immediately just lays in with some of her bitterness. So I thought that was kind of sad. I mean, poor Tylee's getting attacked at all fronts today. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I, can I give her a consensual high five? Because I know a hug probably is the wrong way to go, even if it was a consensual hug. Yeah, especially this moment. Yeah. <laughs> Consensual high five. Don't pressure point me, please. <laughs> Fist bump then? Uh, maybe that might not work. Actually, I'll use my head. Uh, hit, hit me in the head. There we go. Because we saw that it doesn't work on on so- Soka's head. Although that's probably because Sokka has a hard head. It sounded like you said Soka. You're still thinking of that. Uh... <laughs> Shush! <laughs> but poor Ty Lee, uh, I guess she's feeling extra emotional today. Probably because of all the harassment. Because Azula lays in thick. She's like, those boys don't even care about you. They just like how you look. And it, it brings Tylee to tears, which I think was quite a sad moment as well. To be fair, we hadn't really seen her interact with, like, other than being... <laughs> I mean, come on, Tylee. You got the hots for Sokka. But in, in a way, we really hadn't seen her interact with other guys throughout the series. This is the first time. But yeah, it goes the way you think it would. Yeah, and it's interesting that we see Azula comforting her like oh you know calm calm down it's okay i didn't mean what i what i said there and she even uh, when she admits that she was just kind of acting out of jealousy by attacking her like that she even kind of whispers it like she doesn't want anyone around to hear oh wait azula having flaws yeah azula being vulnerable yeah that's shocking what is going on here I mean, like, take it away, Tylee, saying that she's the most beautiful, smartest, perfect, perfectest girl in the world. <laughs> Azula agrees. Yeah. And that's sad, too, that Tylee, you know, she's so in awe of this this person who, you know, on a whim, will just pick, pick at her like that. You know, peck at her like a bird. Uh, like I said, Azula's the alpha, and Tylee is the underling. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I think it's quite cute here when uh, Tylee decides to give her some tips on how to, to be with boys, and she plays the boy role and lets Azula be, play the girl. I think that's a cute little moment between them, actually. I liked all that there. Um, at 11.18, we see three of the buds, I think the original buds, who were fawning over Tylee, and they're upright again. Mm, recovered quick. What? What the heck? I mean, maybe I don't know if there's like a level thing to this where that like just in just like temporary stun within like I don't know five seconds and they come back right back up. It's like what? Yeah, Anyways. they got to get back on the the routine of having some more girls at this party. <laughs> Insert She-Hulk clip. Oh boy! And speaking of uh, She-Hulk, you know, kind of a jarring, unpleasant uh, uh, mess. Uh, <laughs> we cut over to. Zuko and May, and they're uh, having some some loving banter. You know, May is talking about, oh, you know, I'm hungry, and Zuko's like, so what? What a loving, uh, what a loving pair we have here. 
I'm I'm still on the scene with like the uh, like Tylee and uh, Azula like um, uh, setting the scene and, and and practicing for Azula to like you know just talk about uh, just just nod nod your head and then laugh at their jokes or whatever and be very shallow. And it's like what the fudge? Hey, it works for me. Works for me. No, I'm just kidding. What? what? <laughs> That's what I do on all my dates. <laughs> hey, there's sweet sugar cakes. <laughs> I gotta use that one of these days. Let's, I you know what? I'm gonna use that, and I hope I get slapped. I actually legit want to be slapped. Oh no! Oh jeez! Well, this is uh... like I, I I want to see how corny and like trashy it is, and like the person I didn't say woman nor man retaliate at me. I think you should take the laugh at all their jokes and and yeah, compliment them side. I think that's the more yeah better side to do. Uh, it sounds kind of brain dead to me, but fair enough. Hey, it works. It works. Um. <laughs> Tylee knows what she's talking about. Well, speaking of it working, apparently the I don't know the 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 pickup line worked, and Azula was laughing heartily. Yeah, she's not used to laughing, and so you know sometimes when it comes out, it comes out a little bit unnatural and a little bit over the top. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised she didn't cackle like she was like earlier during the volleyball match, but. <laughs> Oh man, I'm 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 bored right now. Are you feeling bored as well? Are you? It's like Zuko. I don't care. It's like, oh, you're always like this. I'm gonna go get you some food. Yeah, and yeah, this is when we see the real ugly side of Zuko coming out in a few moments here. But but first, we have to see Azula. You know, now that she's learned some some tips and how to to get the guys, she decides to go with round two, or I guess round three for this Chan guy. She's he's he's talking to some girl and she comes over like, hey, you know, why don't you give me a tour of the house? I'm way hotter than this chick. And he's like, sure, I'll give you the tour. And I like uh, the little bit of flavor of the Fire Nation here that when they're walking away, we see this girl get so choked that she lights her lemonade on fire or her drink. I think that's fun. I'm re- really hoping she's a firebender and like somehow all <laughs> like all, literally the whole idea of like having flames in your head technically would work with these guys <laughs> if they were if that were the case. Uh, anyway, but with um, yeah, just like the fact that she doesn't kind of warm up her her cup or yeah. her liquid in the cup. That's kind of funny. I really love that. Yeah, and it's a cute, a cute texture of this world. That yeah, they might do that in some other anime, but in this one, it is like actually part of the scene. I think that's fun. Yeah, it's it's diegetically a part of the scene. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing, but I'm like, I don't know if that actually. I don't know if you're going to use that in that context. But. So yeah, but, but I'm pretty sure it still counts though, right? Like using that word. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's why. Well, well we're going to use it anyways. Why not? There you go. Yeah, we're making the rules. It's our podcast. I, I, get, I mean, I don't want to deny an actual like, you know, de- dictionary definition of it. But because I don't want to, you know, make, you know, therefore I am like, I think therefore I am. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want alternate facts here. Oh, I'm denying it. I'm literally <laughs> denying it. <laughs> oh, of course you are. I'll figuratively deny you. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, then we cut to the very tender moment. The firelight us uh, evening chat between these two as Azula's really laying on the charm thick. Yeah, and then they, they <laughs> Azula breaks out into love as an open door. No, I'm just kidding. Well, she's thinking love. I mean, she's... Uh, talk about inexperience. The first person that she lays eyes on and who talks to her uh, with with some sort of attention, she's she's playing out the rest of the, their life together. <laughs> Can't say I haven't done that myself. 
and he's making some, you know, some, some, you know, a little bit of stupid jokes, but it's, you know, it's playing, you know, uh, it's a Sandy land. Uh, welcome to Sandy land. Ha ha ha. They both share a laugh and, you know, it seems like they're maybe having some sort of bond. He comes over, he's like, okay, you know, she seems, if she laughed at my joke, she's interested. Let's make out. This, this I'll say, is not usually how my dates uh, play out. You know, the laugh routine doesn't work that well, usually, but uh, I'd still recommend it. <laughs> Be yourself. That's all I'm going to say. Be yourself. Don't advance. Have your hands, like, behind your back the whole time. Uh, have your hands and your back behind and make sure they're not in front of your date. Um, and just, you know, chat. That's that's all I'm going to say. And. <laughs> Only go on your phone when you're looking at the time. Yeah, don't be texting other other potential partners uh, as you're on. The... <laughs> oh, good grief! That would only work some of the time. One at a time. <laughs> but either way, yeah. After the after the kiss, she's like, "Hey, you know, we had a pretty good kiss there." So yeah, I think we would make a great couple. You know, potentially the strongest couple on the planet, and one that together could dominate the world. And, uh, oh, great. She's, uh, of course, eugenics are the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And he, uh, he immediately is like, oh, what did I just step in? Like, ha ha. Oh. He gives a plank <laughs> expression. <laughs> yeah. And, and he doesn't even pull out the, like, the kind, like, oh, let, let me go get us some drinks. And then just never returns. He, he just flat out, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm leaving now. I got to go. Yeah. This lady's in cuckoo land. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, just just slips away. Yeah, I love how he hugs the wall. And twelve fifty seven, is that a uh, is that a sign of weakness on Azula's face? Is is that a yeah? What's what is that? I've never seen her have that like face before. This is different. If like you know, uh, Aang was following her plans before, like in the drill, for instance. This is a little different. This is like something not go her way. Interesting, but it's not like yeah. Tylee. It's not that Tylee fails her. It's just that she did everything Tylee did said, but. This is on her though. There was something. There was an added element that she uh, she put into that the conversation that prevented it from happening because everything was working out the way Tylee said, and then as soon as Azula added her own like you know personality in there, something happened. I wonder if she's yeah. introspective enough to realize this, given her like genius strategy mind. Yeah, and it's interesting to think with someone like Azula, someone who was so isolated from other people her age, except for her little group of lackeys and her brother that she picks on. Yeah, she's probably spent her whole life focused and driven on being this this dominator now. You know, being this early teenager and trying to relate to boys. Yeah, that probably is giving her a big spot of doubt. Like, oh, maybe this is something that I can't master. I mean, that's true. I mean, the first like when we were first introduced to her, I never got the impression that she would well, I mean, at that point, she's first off, she's a teenager, so I can't really say that. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I don't, I don't see her being the kind of person who would uh, go and have a family. I don't know if she would uh, want to or not. Plus, I don't even want to know what her uh, her motherly ways would be like. Oh, yeah. Fire Lord Ozai, number two. Uh, <laughs> the generation continues. Yikes. <laughs> it really would be like the spawn of Palpatine. Yeah, she's already learned how to treat uh, children that are that don't meet your expectations. You burn their face and you banish them. And you also like you know destroy their sandcastles if they're in your way. Exactly. Yeah, little punk kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe skip being a, a mother in procreation, <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> well, we'll see how this series progresses, but we we do see that Zuko's made it to the the uh, I guess the buffet dish area. <laughs> He's collected some food for for May. 
But as he's bringing it back, he notices that. Well, actually, I guess before he makes it there, someone knocks into his thing first accidentally, and he yeah, leaps into the rage mode again. Yeah, so that's uh, that's not a great. You know, I wouldn't love my partner if I saw them just randomly yelling at someone in that room, and then to turn around and see some random guy talking to her, he loses it even more. So, wait, you wouldn't, or from Zuko's perspective, because yeah, makes it makes sense with Zuko's perspective, but for for you, you have a slight like not great idea with that. Oh yeah, if this was my partner, I would be hugely embarrassed by them. Oh, oh okay. first for yelling at that guy. And then two for his insane jealous streak he has. I mean, that is like red flag number one. That's that's screaming in the fireworks around it. Leave this person. <laughs> okay, again, <laughs> that, that went off my head because I was worried. I was like, wait, wait, wait. You just, just, to re, uh, uh, <laughs> just, just to go over it again. You're okay with uh, another person talking with your partner? Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> Good. Okay. Okay. See, that was where my confusion was. I was like, he did not say what I think you just said, right? And so I had to re- ask you for reiteration. Thank you very much, sir. That's that's on me for various reasons of not understanding social cues a lot of the time. Yeah. During this whole episode, I'm I'm empathizing with May and very much being like, get out of that thing. That dude is toxic. Anybody who has a problem with their partner talking to another person, get some help, please. Get some help. Absolutely. That's incredibly unhealthy. It's like, oh, my girl, she's, oh, no, she's being, she's talking with somebody else. My, my feels, man, oh, it's all the feels. Oh, this isn't right. Oh, why isn't she, why is she showing him his, her air violent? Why is this, oh, no. Why is she even making small talk with a stranger? Does that mean she's going to leave me for that stranger? Watch as I go and throw his, like, behind, like, you know, away from him and whatnot. Yeah, there's a, there's a path out of that that insane insecurity but you, you should definitely search out that path because that's that's not healthy <laughs> hey man guess what you can't you can't do that to my girl i'm gonna one inch punch you and he went that. whoa he one inch punched him holy shoot it yeah. actually worked son of a gun and may uh may has the right instinct she's you know repelled by this this treatment he even you know they're at this nice party and he's destroying some of the things in the house i mean this this guy's making a big scene of himself and she she's had it she's like that's it I'm out. Yeah, they make a scene, and they just like, I ain't, I ain't doing this with you, man. I ain't doing the stance with you. Oh no, what are you talking about? You can't do that. I'm just acting immature in it. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, he he goes even worse. He instead of recognizing his mistakes here, he puts all the blame on her. This is all your fault. You're just a, a big nothing. You have no emotions. You know, you're just you know, you suck all the life out of me. And that's just yeah, that's that's just cruel. Yeah, you expect that, you know, as soon as as soon as Zuko comes home from his imprisonment at sea, crusader or whatever you want to call it at sea, um, yeah, everybody's just like, oh yeah, they, they, they were a couple, right? So no no bad blood would come between them, right? <laughs> or is it all caused because of inner turmoil? Mm. It's time for Zuko to go for a walk, because if I know anything about myself is that if I get, if there's too much external uh, stress and factors and some inner turmoil comes out, it's best to go for a walk. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's how that's when I fell in love with uh, Tynehead Park here in BC, in Surrey, BC. I was having some big relationship struggles and I spent many, many days just wandering around in there for hours on end. Can't express enough how everybody should if they get a chance to come to our area uh go see tinehead because it is a 
wonderful place. Absolutely. A place that uh, is uh, away from it all, which is which is nice. Anyways, continuing on. Yeah, and we speaking of uh, a wonderful uh, uh, looking uh, site, we get some pretty nice animation of Zuko walking along the beach and returning back to this this house. Now, is this the same house that they're staying in or is this their old vacation home? This is the old Fire Lord's uh, vacation home that they have not been to in quite a long time. Yeah, and I wonder why. I wonder why they didn't visit here. I, I guess they went to the, the old grandma's house, the twin grandma's. I see. Well, uh, yeah, I guess because that's their residency, so I don't know if... Yeah. This, this place uh, is supposed to be abandoned, I believe. But as Zuko walks up the steps, he sees a meadow. He sees a cliffside. We get a flashback at 1421. Mm. Of two, pe- two little children, two children, running along this cliff or along this meadow with a man behind them, looking onward ominously in the shadows. Yeah, and I, I don't know. We get a second flash, and is that their mother? The second flash at 1427? Yeah. That is Zuko. Oh, that's how he's supposed to look at that age? That is Zuko at a younger age without a scar. Oh, interesting. Uh, he looked a lot older, but but I guess that's showing different ages. Yeah, the person behind him, uh, unknown. Uh, we're going through years here. This is this is many yeah. different years. Some memories are coming back to him, potentially, as he continues to walk forward towards the estates. We see a young uh, Uncle Iroh yes. with potentially... Prince Zuko, and then his you know, Uncle Iroh's own son. Yeah, and holding a... Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think that's a beautiful image there. I wondered if that was Azula, but yeah, I guess it makes sense that'd be his son. Yeah, because there's no way Azula would be, like, born yet, because because um, Zuko and Azula are a year apart, and there's... Zuko's a little... If that was to be Zuko on the Sandcastle, making the Sandcastle, that would be... Yeah, too old. A little too, yeah. like, years off, but anyway... Yeah, I forget, I forget Uncle Iroh's son's name, but yeah, we see, um, is it Tiana? No. Um, but we see them, you know, a different, uh, a different light, as it were. Yeah, and then we see Azuka returns to this old home with many memories. He's, he comes across, he's confronted with an image of their family, the, the mom and dad, and then the two kids. And none of them look very happy, but there's definitely all that kind of history there, all this, this change since that time. It's weird because it's not like, see, I wonder if that's a cultural thing though, as in like the, the way they're meant to like smile or the, the, it's, it's like taking a, um, a snapshot for your, your driver's license where you're not supposed to smile or your passport. Um, I'm assuming it's a form of like courtesy where they're not supposed to smile, but they're also not supposed to look like angry because I'm looking at Ozai right now at 1452 and he doesn't look angry he doesn't look there, there's emotion i think there's emotion in his eye he looks i don't know like neutral not even that he looks sad hmm. like it's weird yeah and i kind of thought maybe it was just a royal thing i don't know if it's cultural or just royals meant to look yeah more uh i don't know like stern but not angry just like uh you're supposed to look above it all in some way, like some sort of imposing figure. I'm not sure. 1455, pensive, potentially? Yeah, pensive. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look smug. I can't... Yeah. Maybe you could almost say, like, if if, his, if he had more of a smile, that would be a smug look, but, like, his face is pretty resting neutral. So, yeah, I'd say pensive is kind of the word. 
You see a young Prince Zuko who also, again, looks kind of you know normal. Uh, looks or he looks neutral. We see a flashback at fourteen fifty nine uh, of a hand resting on the young prince's shoulder. We saw this last. Oh, when was it now? Zuko alone potentially. Mm. Images of this like returns from then, I believe. If not earlier, I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah, not sure. We see Ursa again, pensive. And then we see flashing back to a new image uh, inside the uh, the estate. The young, younger looking um, Ursa uh, with Zuko and a little like, I guess a mold almost, as if you were putting your hands in cement. A little mold that she's making of his, his handprint. Yeah, and we'll cut back to, to more of that in a little bit as we have to jump back over to the gang. And now they're uh, yeah, now they're confronted. Our, our old buddies found them at last, and him and his evil eye are, are staring onto them. Yeah, his tracking skills are off the charts. Um, and, well, he's not exactly the silent type. Uh, well, he is, except for his footsteps, which uh, alerts Toph to his presence. Uh, I wonder. It was kind of wishing. I also like the fact that Momo was sleeping next to her. That was kind of that was kind of cute. Yeah. Um, but I was hoping that like I like that Aang is um, lying on the ground as well. Like he's almost becoming one with the earth. Uh, maybe taking some toss training in mind. Uh, I was kind of hoping that like maybe he's trying to seismic sense. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. But this time uh, the seismic sense makes sense uh, in that like it's on the ground instead of in the water like earlier. Yeah, but as the uh, the fight ensues, as of course a conflict is is bound to happen here, we're immediately uh, surprised by this this new ability that we're seeing. This, yeah, what would you call this kind of bending here? Well, first, I'm a little bit curious as to how like the the reflection off of I don't know where came from the this Bubba Bubba Fett's like glove, like it. Was that from? I know I saw a full moon in like the previous scene with Zuko, but like probably. Anyway, it's just it's right there. Like oh, okay, for now. it just like happens to go right into Aang's eye. But we see you know the stare down right. We look at the we see the eye at fifteen forty three. We see him, and then he, as he like takes in a breath, Aang looks at him, wide eyed. Aang's like he's about to do something. Maybe Aang knows something. I don't know. The the bounty hunter breeze in we see like him kind of almost upchuck like he's he's bringing something up from his stomach and then as if he were like gonna spit out like a loogie he fires from his head a bolt of thunder pop 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 boom destroys the landscape yep and immediately our crew leap into action to try to you know confront this 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 new enemy this new threat this this new type of bending and I think it leads to a pretty cool little action scene here. Some really nice uh, imagery with this new new type of bending. I think it's really unique looking. We see that Toph retaliates from the first blast. Uh, she throws rubble at him, goes right through. Like he just he just sends another combustion bolt uh, her way. Uh, Aang tries to blast, like deflect the incoming blast, doesn't work. Guitar comes in with water, and it he just completely evaporates the water with his bolt. It's like, geez, this guy, like, what kind of technique is this? Creates steam only. We jump back to the Umber Island. Yeah, and I guess Azula's come looking for him after that big blow up, that very embarrassing blow up there. And she finds him at the house. 
And even she seems to have that kind of, that thoughtful kind of distance to her seeing the old place again, which is again, interesting. Yeah. She says this place is depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, which I like, I, I'm appreciating all the, the new insights into Azula here. Cause especially during that second book, she did seem for, for most of it is more of a flat villain. Like she was just, yeah, the, the, the evil side of Zuko embodied. You know, there was no, yeah, nothing under the surface, but it's nice to see that they're, fleshing that out more yeah there was like no good to her before now there there is actually like this is a chance to be introspective with her potentially we'll see we've seen some weakness with her or at least some flaws with her or she has problems communicating with people uh, her peers those who are her age range yeah and i remember pointing out in the the climax of book two the finale i was wondering like maybe there is a side of her that is trying to reach out and wanting to be with her brother again and, you know, wanting to see him succeed. And she seems like, yeah, maybe this episode's the first one that kind of gives a little bit more evidence to her wanting to have that relationship with him a little bit more than we've seen previously. In this case, yes, but I'm, I'm still thinking, I don't know. I think, I, I still believe that she needs Zuko because she could not take down the Avatar. That could be having Zuko there would have like given her an edge or at least a, a better chance at beating it. And I guess we also, I, I, I forgot about her telling the lie that Zuko killed the avatar to try to give him a chance to have an easier in with the dad, even though she kind of reversed that. It's like, Oh, I was just doing it as a way to, you know, put another threat against your neck. But I don't know. She's just confusing. And that's kind of interesting. Azula always lies. Oh no. Hey, she, she could have changed. She was like an eight-year-old then. <laughs> Taken uh, from Zuko himself, who approaches the attack squad and moves away from Mai. Uh, May, excuse me, just because, you know, I guess, again, there's some, there's still some, uh, I don't know, it's a little too soon. Yeah. Yeah, even, he even comes over after a moment and is like, maybe I'll try to give her a hug. And, you know, she, she rejects it pretty quick. Yeah, asking if uh, if she's cold when she's wearing like a sort of satin or what I don't know poncho of some sort. So it's like she's fine. And of course, Tylee's just like I'm ah, for reason. It's just like all right, I'll make a fire. And I'm like, um, where he's like, or we'll just like burn stuff from the the estate. It's like, dude, can't you just burn like you know logs? Well, he he's wanting to. You know, put the past behind, not only put the past behind him, but destroy the past. Burn the past. past. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't like, let's just march up the hill and I'll just set this whole estate on fire. Probably what he wanted to do. <laughs> but yeah, then we have to switch back to the action again. We, we, we haven't seen too much of the gang this time. And this is this is pretty much all we're going to see is, yeah, this little action scene with them here. Well, to be fair, we didn't see, I mean, sure, we saw Uncle Iroh in the previous episode of Sokka's Master. But we didn't see Zuko or any of the attack squad at all in the previous episode, nor um, the painted lady. Um, and we only saw, no, we saw like Zuko, May, and Azula back in um, the headband. So it's like, you know, it's, 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 it, that was, uh, that was like, you know, Aang, Katara, and Sokka's episodes. Now we get Zuko and the attack squad's episode. So I think it all ends up. But I like his, uh, yeah, Aang is like, okay, you guys get on Appa and try to escape, and I'll, I'll distract this guy. I like that he's running away. That we still focus on that scar on his back. Like he's, 
he's had his change. I, I like the updated character model there being consistent. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm glad that they are keeping the, the continuity in there, which is a, a thumbs up for me. Yeah. And again, this is some cool, cool visuals with the action. I think DR movies doing a very good job. And a lot of, a lot of the color work I think is really cool as well during all this. Talk about like, dude, this guy, like Bubba Fett, he's got like, he's rolling nat 20s or something like that and having good modifiers like on his perception checks. Uh, just like being able to like eye out where Aang might be. Like this guy, man, he, man he's getting paid. He, he definitely is like, he's, I don't know who would win, like Aang, uh, Azula or him. Definitely kind of want to see that fight, but anyways. Mm. The only downside being those, uh, that the giant boot of his, that metal boot of his, excuse me. And we see Aang running into this little area with these these rock pillars. Not sure. I can't remember what those kind of geological features are called. But um, yeah, I've I've forgotten myself as well. But it's caused through weathering uh, over time of a weakened structure by water. If that makes sense. Yeah, and wind and sand. It's, um, there's there's that there's that famous one, and it's not the same as these ones because this looks like a battlefield out of Dragon Ball Z. But like, yeah. if you know the one I'm talking about, it's the one out in New Brunswick where it's like that, it's that cliffside and the water's basically eroded it and you can like go underneath it. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Uh, no. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, and we see the, the fight escalate until the blast, one of the blasts almost hits saying, and we get this, this cool slow motion moment as we see that the beam that this guy sends out is almost like a little, a little what would you call it? like this almost little contained blast that just comes out in this little ball shape so i can't think of any other piece of fiction right now as to what like combustion man's um beam is like or his combustion blast is like but think of it almost like a sniper round like think of it as like a, a long distance uh, marksman rifle and then like it shoots and then it explodes so like imagine that almost which i, I kind of like yeah um that's that's like or like a kind of like a, a missile almost from like a like an, an artery shell anyway like like something like either like a 50 cow bullet or something from like a naval ship a vessel excuse me but yeah starting from 1747 like i think this entire set piece with like action is the dr movie did like a fantastic job i just want to gush this this moment right here starting from 1747 is i think the best like part of the like episode with action and even though it's slow motion it's like what happens in the slow motion that works yeah for me at least where uh if you don't mind and yeah so it, it's about to explode so it reacts with the air it travels through the air until it like i guess like reaches its end point and then uh somehow ang figured this out quickly the like it's a very like contained block like it's a compressed form of of fire that it like explodes almost like a firework it's like what you want to see Jubilee uh, look like in the X-Men films or just X-Men uh, comics. But somehow, yeah, the blast is about to explode and or it's about to blow up. And then Aang uses his... He's ripped in that shot right there at like 1750. And then he like quickly blasts air around the blast zone and is repelled by it. That is so cool. You get like a small little like containment of, of what it looks like up close. Oh yeah, no, it, that's definitely a really cool scene. Yeah. And Aang goes flying through the air and, you know, blasts through some rocks. Thankfully he's got that air bending or else that might have hurt. And earth bending, I guess. 
Oh, earthbending, exactly. That's what I meant. <laughs> or maybe use the airbending. It's hard to tell. I think you use both, obviously, but I'm just saying like, huh. Yeah. My question is, can he get can he get fire can he do this does can he do this independently without having that tattoo? Uh like can he fire like firebend this way without a tattoo, or does he have to have a tattoo for this? Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe we'll explore as we see more of this guy. Yeah, of course. That's only this is like the first episode we properly see him in action with, so Yeah. But we definitely see Aang using some rock or some earth bending as he creates this like rock armor. His little Iron Man suit. He is Rock Man. Yeah, and I think that's cool. I like to see him in his little... It almost looks like some sort of like mech suit. Like he's like a Transformer, especially when he first leaps away with it. <laughs> I mean, we yeah, saw that in... Like we saw him with his diamond armor on back in uh, the Crossroads of Destiny. But, which didn't mm. exactly help against Zula, but... Uh, in this, it uh, at least was a means to escape and I guess elevate his jump so he could uh, get out of there quickly enough and hops back onto Appa and they get out of there. Thankfully, Katara embracing them. I like that moment there. And uh, Toph going, oh, I was random. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like it should have been Sokka who maybe suggested, like, oh, that doesn't seem like it was random. Here's the thing, though. But they give that to Katara this time. Sokka doesn't speak at all in this entire episode. Oh, I thought he had like one line. What was his line? Um,. I can't remember, but I remember him having one. I think it was when they were being attacked, I think. Maybe, but yeah, maybe. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, he doesn't really, I guess he's flying Appa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that line earlier from Toph would have been one of his lines, but yeah, maybe he just wasn't around for this one. Potentially. But either way, we, we return back to uh, Zuko making his little fire, and we see that the first thing that he's burning is... Uh, that portrait that we saw earlier and that we spent so much time focusing on. Yeah, now it's now it's going to be burned and lost, lost forever. Yes, memories only unto these people who have witnessed it and those who remember, of course. Yep, and us. <laughs> <laughs> and all those and those millions of people watching. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, and yeah, so, uh, Zuko. I keep wanting to say Sokka for some reason. And Zuko, he's uh. Yeah, he's getting defensive. Tylee's like, well, why would you want to burn that? Isn't that a family portrait? And he's just like, ah, screw it. Like, what What, what do you think I'm trying to do? Like, I, I hate my family. They all suck. <laughs> and then one, and then he even starts getting mad at her. Like, why are you even asking me this? Like, mind your own business. And it's like, wow, man, this guy's getting real defensive today. Yeah, he's 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 getting all like, oh, whoa, whoa, what, are you, what are you talking about, Tylee? You know nothing at all. You're just some circus brat. Oh, oh, oh. That kind of dude, you kind of, but that was that was a little too much. Even Mage just like, what's what's going on here? Yeah, and, and Boxer even more with like saying, oh, we're gonna do a handstand. Let's like, okay, and it's kind of cool. And he calls her a circus freak, and she once again starts tearing up. Wait, nope, don't forget Azula laughs. She she laughs at that. That's 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 uh, no, that's a no. How dare you do that, Azula? Yeah, what's interesting too is. Once uh, Ty Lee starts to punch back, Azula almost looks shamed, like she suddenly feels bad for what she did. Like her natural instinct is to be evil, but there's still that side of her that's got kindness in it. Maybe not evil, but to be cruel and, and mean. <laughs> yeah, especially when she says, like, after Ty Lee's about to basically go into her, like, breakdown of her character, um, she's... <laughs> Azula goes, here we go. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, she's heard this before, but it's like, oh, great, that's that's a friendly thing to do. 
Yeah, and she she starts going into her little bit of a pity pity parade. You know, uh, May over there is breaking out her world's tiniest violin, and she's playing a tune. And the tune is maybe a little bit circus themed, maybe a little uh, Danny Elfman kind of thing. Well, it's not it's not the Britney Spears "All Eyes on Me." <laughs> and it it actually it actually adds in like kind of a whiny note because her, I mean, yeah, what she's saying, I'm sure that is hard, but compared to what these other, well, maybe you shouldn't compare traumas. Uh, that's the thing of like, okay, are we having a pity party here? Like, uh, who, it's like Reddit, just like, instead of like, am I a, you know, what hole, um, is it's like, which story is more pitiful, uh, of like coming up of like lower class. Cause these are fire nation kids or teenagers who in a way have been traumatized by, you know, the, 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 the previous generation in a way to, you know, think, think yeah. the way they think and be brainwashed. Now, Tylee doesn't have that. May, I think, somewhat has something of, of that more. Oh, yeah. Um, Zula's the way she is because of eugenics and just because of her dad, I mean. Yeah. And Zuko is like this because he's at odds between his mother and father. Like his mother's side, the loving side, and his father's side because it's his father. Yeah, that, that gets into all the nature versus nurture stuff, and we don't have time to get into that today. Oh, uh, yeah, no, but he's... But really, yeah, no, it's... it's it, which which one did you find <laughs> in, in this uh, in this week's version of, like, us reacting to the, like, who's the most pitiful? Who do you, who do you like the most? <laughs> That's so bad. Well, of course, I think Zuko is definitely the one who's had the, the hardest ride, but they all have their issues. I mean, I, admittedly, Ty Lee's sounds a little bit more like she felt stifled by a family that she just couldn't. Uh, There's too many people and they all look the same and maybe they all had the same kind of things. And she felt like she didn't have a place. And so she joined the circus to try to feel more unique. I mean, that's an understandable you know, place for young people to feel like feeling like they don't have their place in the world settled yet. But that's, you know, it's, you know, it's 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 not that brutal of a time. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could see it where she's not feeling unique in her scenario where everybody is like just the same. So she's like, I might be attention seeking in a way, uh, or at least wanting to be unique in, in a sense. So she's like, I gotta get out of here and, uh, go be like the biggest fish in the pond somewhere else. Exactly. But not in the same way as like Azula, for instance, where I mean, that's why like they, there's those personalities attracted each other because yeah. Azula wants to be the biggest fish in the world. But, and, and with Tylee, it's the same thing, but it's different reasons. Like, Tylee doesn't want to take over the world. She doesn't have that mentality. It's just, like, she wants to stand out from, like, the sameness that was in her home life. Yeah, and May's uh, kind of apathy to the world makes sense when we learn more about her backstory as a, a rich only child who got everything that she wanted unless she uh, she acted out. She was meant to be just kind of like the silent, well, how, how do I put it, uh, yeah, I know what you mean, where it's basically just like stand there and look pretty. Don't talk. Yeah, like a child is a prop kind of thing rather than as a real person. Oh, yeah, that's that. Yeah. What is what is that term where basically you're you're having children as a means of um, social class? Yeah, like that's I can't I don't like that. I, I disagree with something like that. I'm just like having social status. That's what it is to keep up appearances and go along. Exactly. With like the social norms. It's like that's just pathetic to have children that way. Oh, we're the perfect nuclear family, but, you know, back home, the kid's just there for that image. And, you know, they can, we'll give you whatever you want as long as you, you know, stay out of our lives and, you know, don't bother us. Yeah, that's rough. That's a rough way to grow up. 
And then in this sense, May actually shows emotion. Yeah. It's like Azula analyzes her and breaks down her character. And then she actually perks up and yells at her. Yeah. Which is like, all right, I'll give that something. It's like May actually showing emotion. That's there, there ain't no world's honey's violin there. Yeah, and and Zuko comes over. He's like, oh, I like it when you express yourself and have emotions. Okay, dude, come on, too soon. Exactly. He he's all he's all over. He's touching her all over, and she's like, get away from me. I'm still choked to you, man. But anyway, so yeah, they're the two of them. You know, they blow have a little blow up again. But and and what does Ty Lee say? She says something stupid about their skin. She's like, oh, you know, having those kind of emotions is bad for your skin. Yep. And it's just like, oh, this this poor kid. Well, not only that, but if there's one person you talk to about skin, it's the one whose face is uh, half his face is burnt off. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have that luxury of having good skin. Yeah, she said the wrong thing there. Well, I mean, the rest of your body's fine. I mean, Ang, for pit's sakes, also no longer has uh, the same kind of skin in the back of on, on his back nor his foot. So, I mean, come on, man, he kind of knows how it feels. I do like Zuko's retort of my father decided to punish me by having a permanent lesson on my face. I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. That's, yeah, just for speaking out to protect troops. Oh, boy. Yeah. Why do you like your dad again? <sighs> Is it just social norms that you're supposed to get? Okay, anyways, so here, here comes the breakdown of, of Zuko. You know, he's back home. He's finally back home. And there, there's the whole thing that's been we've been seeing before he's a mess. He's just like, man, I can't, I can't do this anymore. My dad, oh my dad, he can't, he doesn't like me anymore. Oh no, no. Hey, this is this is getting cruel. This is getting real cruel. <laughs> this poor guy, he he's really is breaking down. And he has as he, you know, the the three of them are kind of pressuring him, like, why are you so angry, Zuko? Who are you so mad at? And eventually he just blows up. He, he tries to misdirect it at other people, but eventually he's forced to contend with it's himself that's making him so mad because of his conflicting emotions. He doesn't quite go into details as to what that is, but I think you and me definitely know with his, uh, especially with his uncle sitting in that cage. It's right in front of him himself. Yeah. And I love the way he does it, by the way. Maybe, maybe some people might say it's a little too visual, but I love how like he just throws like himself in the fire not really but he throws all his anger at the fire and it like bursts up in a pillar yeah yeah and as he has this revelation you know may she she sees the sees through all the kind of posturing that he's been putting on this whole episode being this big angry jerk she sees that it's just him in pain and she comes over and she's like i'm here with you and they, you know they kiss and of course azula over there in the corner she's just embarrassed by the whole situation Oh, that's that's her. That's that's her just being like, bravo. Congratulations. What a play. I am amused. Please go on, as she would say. More of this, please. Yeah, and I like how she even shows that, you know, I mean, she says that she doesn't care when she mentions about, oh, you know, I could complain about how, you know, my my mom, you know, she didn't care about me. She she thought I was evil and she only liked Yuzuko. But I don't know. I mean, she does mention it. I mean, I think that there she doesn't mention the fact that that mom died under mysterious causes, but disappeared yeah, or disappeared. <laughs> I'm sure they think dead. But... Yes. Yes. Understandably, like especially since Azula was the one, if you remember, 
Um, she did not, at least from Zuko's perspective, so you could say, like, okay, well, it's from Zuko's perspective, not Azula's, so, like, that's already, like, an unreliable narrator. But we at least saw in Zuko alone that Azula was all like, Dad's going to kill you, Dad's going to kill you, and did not give one rip about her mom being gone. So yeah. at least at least in in that instance on Zuko's like perspective, like you know, her, her like Ursa called Azula a monster. It's like probably not, but because um, remember Ursa said like what is wrong with that girl? Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, there's a, there's something wrong with you, Azula. And uh, of course she's redirects again. She was right, of course, but it still hurt. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Straight G. But you, you got to wonder how much of that is just her putting on an act too, her own mask of posturing. If this really is a, you know, a character with these hidden shades that we've seen this episode. We've seen potentially like a, a, a not a breakdown, but we've certainly seen like a, a crack in the mirror yeah. potentially. Um, and not just with like what she said there with Ursa, but just the fact that she cannot mingle and be, get personal. Or at least be empathetic, excuse me, towards her her peers. Yeah, and I like uh, Ty Lee kind of soaking in and enjoying this this character growth between them all. And she's like, oh, it's just like Lo and Lee said, this speech really did you know, help us learn about ourselves. It weathered us. This entire island forced us to confront our inner turmoils. And hopefully we've come out of that better people and more refined. Hmm, absolutely. And and speaking of better people and more refined, what better way to, you know, cement these these character changes, this growth? Then going back to that party where they had the big blow up and you know, really blowing it up this time. And just wreaking some some destruction. It's uh the end of either I guess like Blues Brothers or what was that one? Uh National Lampoons Yeah, Animal House. Animal House, yeah. I watched that at, at like some point last year and I, I did not like that ending. I was like, this is, I mean, maybe people find it funny, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't find these guys likable. And no, the establishment's also not likable. It's just an ugly movie. Ugly, ugly movie. Absolutely yeah. agree. I don't, I don't agree at all with anybody on the sides. Like the, like the boys in the frat house are just terrorists by the end, but the authority are also like authoritative and not Nazi ish. So like, I don't care for that movie. Yeah, not not the kind of fun humor. That's the yeah, just everyone's a grotesque humor. Yep. No, they're yeah, they're all monsters. <laughs> but these characters aren't monsters, you know. Even though they completely destroyed this this home and you know ruined this this fun party for everyone, you know they're they're enjoying themselves. You know the, these are the villains here. It's the Azul Attack Squad featuring Zuko, so it makes sense of this how they would have fun. Yeah, and of course we end on a image at 2338 uh really good a really good like pose with all four of them together as uh, no yeah enjoy and bathe and bask in the inferno behind them even though that's like admiral property so it's like potentially even though uh ozai sent his kids away to not be a, a pest uh, now he has to deal with the fallout from them being pests somewhere else and he's gonna they're all gonna get a scolding yeah, one of the things I really like about that 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 image of them all together in in front of the flames is, you know, May and Ty Lee, they're both looking at Zuko, and so is uh, Zula. But Zuko's looking back at Azula. 
it's like this is some of the two of them are sharing together here potentially as siblings so i think that's that's nice but yeah that's how we that's how we come to a close for the beach another another really long episode here <laughs> uh, mm, uh, let's not go to the beach uh, it's uh, not, not funny anyways yeah but what are your thoughts on this beach this episode here what are your uh yeah your final thoughts well Despite being potentially a standard, um, gen- uh, what is it, uh, generic and or uh, standard episode in anime where there's always a beach episode and there's fan service galore. Uh, this one they actually decided to um, be a little more introspective on and, and make it like, you know, something that actually peels away some of the characters and, and asks them what their motivations are. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, would you say you, you like this one or? <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. And and then we also had the uh, the introduction of uh, Boba Fett and the bounty hunter, uh, with his interesting firebending abilities. And even though it was a short, brief, you know, action set piece, that's all it was. It still showed and demonstrated the ability he has or abilities he has. And I think definitely is a good introduction for what we'll see uh, for the you know next bit with the the gang where they're going to have to be on their toes again. It's Basically, Zuko 3.0, where they're being chased again, just like back in book one. So, hey, all those audience members who are missing book one flavor and feeling, you get you get something like that again, where the gang has to be on the run. There you go. No, no longer can they like be, you know, uh, just relaxing and chillaxing, like you know, in the background, going to school, like helping out a downtrodden village or going to be a sword master in one episode that's not true actually uh, no this time you know you get a you get an imposing figure at that so uh, i as yeah, filler ish as it comes i think it's not really but i've really enjoyed this episode how about you sir oh yeah absolutely i think this was a really for for something that's not really moving the plot forward too much only really that one side of it the the gang side is moving the plot forward yeah, I think that they get a lot of mileage in, which is fleshing out these characters. And I think a lot of that is really appreciated, especially with Azula. I like getting the insight to me and Ty Lee, but really giving her some more dimension, I think, is is great. And I like seeing the relationship with her and Zuko also gaining that new dimension. So yeah, I really like this one. I will say I, I said my favorite action bit. I think my favorite bit of drama. Uh, I know I didn't touch upon it there, but I know he had to keep moving the plot on. Uh, I really enjoyed the bit when Zuko walked into the family estate, the family vacation house, uh, and there was no dialogue, just images and Jeremy Zahn's wonderful score. That score is embedded in my brain. I remember it now. I'm so happy that I got to watch this again and listen to it because I'm like, oh, this, oh, this is such a good moment of just good introspective and, and like reminiscing on 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 happier times or at least you know simpler times potentially when things weren't so muddied and things seemed different quite a look back so that little piece of introspection and that little bit where just got all that it's like i like that a lot yeah no that was really nice yeah absolutely well but to close this this exceedingly long episode at this point uh do you have any final words for us the next time you and your friends go to the beach, will you sit there reading your book, eating your sandwich, sun tanning, napping, going in the water, 
where you sit around, not a campfire. Well, yeah, maybe a campfire later in the day, uh, in the evening after everything has gotten so hot and it's cool and you can think. You talk about your feelings, your troubles, your struggles in life. Till next time, peace. That's the real laugh, the cruel uh, joy. <laughs> I've ruined you, and you'll never be able to like procreate again. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of never procreating, well, maybe maybe I shouldn't use that. <laughs> I thought you were gonna thought that went over your head for a second. Uh, yeah, maybe not the right transition. <laughs> Jeez.